Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Have your Bibles turned to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. And this morning, we want to talk about fixing our eyes on Jesus. Father, speak through me this morning. Give me clarity of thought and mind and focus. May it be your words, not mine. Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you've ever held a baby before, and I like holding babies from time to time, I love it when they look into your eyes and they fix their eyes on you. It's the most precious thing in the world, especially when you try to get them to follow your finger and they're focusing and they're trying to learn how to use these things called eyes for the very first time. It's just delightful. But I think even more delightful is when a child of God focuses their eyes on their Savior and to follow his direction, to follow his, his face, to really fix their eyes on Jesus. And I thought since we're at the beginning of this semester, this spring semester, I thought we'd just take a moment and just rehearse and just remember what it means to, to keep our eyes on Jesus or to fix our eyes on Jesus. I mean, so many of you were here last semester and you went home for the, for the break and you had a wonderful Christmas, and you had a chance to get some extra sleep, some extra rest, some extra food in your belly, amen? Now you're back at the beginning of this semester, and you're trying to figure out when is the next break. While you're trying to figure that out, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Of course, um, as I think about chapter 12 of, of Hebrews, um, chapter 11 was the faith chapter, I believe. And chapter 12 is the hope chapter. And chapter 13 is the love chapter of the book of Hebrews. And I wish I had time to preach from all three chapters because there's just good stuff in what I call the hall of faith in chapter um, 11. One of the, my one of my most favorite chapters in the Bible. I, I did some digging because I think chapter 12 is all about this, this Olympic time. And I, I did some digging to try to find some pictures of some of the athletes of that day that were possibly getting ready for the games. And this text has a backdrop of. Here's the first picture I found um, from, from back in the day. Um, I, it took me a little digging to find them, but we found these pictures, and I thought that would just help us illustrate what's going on here. You see their immense focus and their, their dedication as they're running the race. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set 
before us. Amen. I think the first thing I want to talk about is the preparation for the race. Um, You have this cloud of witnesses that are there, and then this great cloud of witnesses, I think it's in immediate context. It's talking about chapter 11, about all those people who lived their life in faith. Some not even seeing Jesus, but they lived their faith in the hope of the Messiah that's to come. Some were sawed in half. Some were beaten. But they all lived this life of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Such a beautiful chapter with this hall of faith. Um, And we have this cloud of witnesses. Though they're not necessarily saying anything to us right now, I think in in a way their life, their journey is um, 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 championing us on in our journey of faith. They're they're our spectators. They're the one that's helping us run this. We can look at their stories and they can help us stay in the race. This great cloud of witnesses. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 28, talks about these witnesses. First, First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, helps me with these witnesses. These great cloud of witnesses. And in this text, it's talking about probably chapter 11. But there have been some people in my life that have been close to me that I think have joined that great cloud of witnesses, at least for me. I have grandparents that have joined this great cloud of witnesses. And I think they're cheering me on. I have a mother that's, I think, joined this great cloud of witnesses. And she's cheering me on. She died about three or four years ago now. And I think she's cheering me on. You know, used to here at CIU, the professors would sit right here in the front of the chapel. Some of those professors were near and dear. Dr. Jack Lehman, near and dear. I think he's in that great cloud of witnesses. A man by the name of Cliff Bedell in this great cloud of witnesses. And I could go on and on, Norman and Virginia Holt, I could just call the roll of the great cloud of witnesses. Even former presidents like McQuilkin in this great cloud of witnesses. And I know if you keep on living, you'll have a cloud of witnesses that you can look to, not only in chapter 11, but some other people that have lived this, that have lived this faith out in front of you, and you can say, you know what? They're part of that great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews chapter 12 is talking about. In immediate context, it's chapter 11, but in my life, I have so many that have joined that great cloud of witnesses. He tells us in, 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 in verse one, he says also, let, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily entangles us. Well, let's talk about that weight that so easily entangles us. There's so many things that can hinder us from running this journey well, from, 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 from leaning into this journey well. You know, when they were training for the Olympics, they would add weight to their body to build up that resistance, that endurance. But when it was time to run the race, they would take off these weights. You'd have to lay aside these weights so you could run this as fast as you could, that you could have whatever you needed because these weights has, 
has put this extra off, extra gas in your tank. Well, one of the weights that we have in 2014, excuse me, 2024, I went back 10 years ago, didn't I? Wow, I wish I was 10 years younger. Amen. Um, what are some of the weights that we have now? I think some of the weights that we have in 2024, how about some of the habits that we have in our life? Do we need to lay some of those habits aside in order to run the race a little better? How about some of the hobbies that we've developed over the years? Nothing bad, nothing wrong with them. But when we spend too much time developing them and not running the race, it can really slow us down. How about some of the hurts that we've had in the past? Oh, I'm so hurt. And, and from everything I'm reading about our generation now, they, they, they lean into their hurts they lean into what they, they lean into more and toward being a victim sometimes than leaning toward running the race. I know I'm guilty of that sometimes, and I have to learn how to just to let it go. Sometimes it's social media that really hinders us. Even when we're in class, sometimes we want to check out Facebook. And my mama was here. She said, "Facebook ain't gonna help you pass this class. Turn that off and pay attention." I'm gonna say amen to myself. A amen. That's why I don't do Facebook. I heard some of you say that's why I do Instagram. <laughs> Instagram is in the same category. <clears throat> Sometimes it's watching television or, or watching movies. You know, when you're trying to run the race, when you're trying to get there, sometimes you have to lay these, even good stuff, you have to lay it aside because sometimes good stuff will keep you from great stuff. Lay aside every weight that so easily entangles you. You know, I wanna stop here for just a moment. What's entangling you today? What's keeping you from being the best you while you study here at CIU? What's keeping you from not just settling for the C or the D? What's keeping you from that A? Because sometimes people tell me, I don't have time to study, but I can almost calculate 20 hours that they spend in the student center. Um, I don't have time to study, but I have time to, the fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. Lay aside every weight. Notice when these athletes are running, they're not trying to run with everything that they have. There's some people that they need to leave behind. They have to lay aside the weight. And then it talks about the sin, same verse there. And the sin that so easily ensnares us. You know, I apologize. I shouldn't even talk about sin at a place like Columbia International University because we don't sin. Amen. We don't even know. We, we, we're confused why we're bringing up the word sin at CIU. We don't. Dr. Christman, we don't. We don't. You're not helping me, Dr. Christman. We don't know anything about sin here at CIU. Well, sin to keep you longer than you want to stay, make you pay a price that you don't want to pay. Um, sin can just mess things up. And I think in the context here, the biggest sin is probably discouragement. One could probably argue that an even bigger sin in the book of Hebrews is probably that of unbelief. But I'm glad he didn't define it. Because he says, 
um, the sin which so easily ensnares us. Whatever sin that may be ensnaring you, you need to say, Lord, let me lay aside this sin. Whether that sin is greed, whether that sin is lust, whatever the sin is, Lord, help me to lay aside every sin that would ensnare me, that would keep me from running the race well. Whenever you take your eyes off Jesus, I say whenever you take your eyes off Jesus, guess what happened? Chances are that sin is very present. Whenever you take your eyes off Jesus, there was a guy who took his eyes off Jesus. He's my cousin. He was in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Y'all probably read about him one time. His name was Peter. He asked the Lord, could he walk on the water? And the Lord bid him to come. He got on the water. And as soon as he got on the water good and took a couple of steps, he took his eyes off of Jesus. And you know what happened. He started to sink like a rock. Whenever you take your eyes off Jesus. You know, I wish I could tell you I read that in the book. If you take your eyes off of Jesus, you'll start to sink. You'll start to the being a sin. But I'm almost 51 years old now. And I can tell you there have been times in my life where I've taken my eyes off Jesus momentarily. And every time I've taken my eyes off Jesus, things didn't go so well. And I want to warn you, if you take your eyes off Jesus, even for a moment, even for a second, things don't go so well. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It's almost like holding that baby in your arm when that baby starts looking around at something else. You say, wait, focus. Focus your attention here. In the church that I came up in, it said, we will look to the hills from which cometh our help because our help comes from the Lord. Focus your attention. Focus your eyes. Keep your faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Don't let a class take your eyes off of Jesus. You and Jesus study for that class because he's the one that can help you. Don't, 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 don't let what you're doing outside of the classroom take your eyes off of Jesus. Keep your attention on the Savior this morning. Hallelujah. But not only do we have the preparation for the race, but I think there's a second thing that we need to look at. And I think um, in this text, it's the patience for the race. The patience for the race, which is still right there in verse 1. And he says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We don't want to run raggedy. We don't want to run out of control. We want to run with endurance. You can almost hear the sweat off that word when I say it. Endurance. We want to run with what? Endurance. You see these athletes? They're running with endurance. In chapter 10 um, of the book of Hebrews, probably starting in verse 35 to verse 38 in chapter 10, it introduces this idea of endurance, how they need to run. But let me just lift up one verse for you there. And that's verse um, 36 in chapter 10. He said, for you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. 
And then he goes into verse 37, 38, for a look, yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Um, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Have you ever seen anyone start well, but they didn't end well? What was the problem? They didn't have endurance. I remember I was in high school, and one of my friends was running trike, and um, he was on the field, and um, it was his first day um, at a trike meet, and um, I remember selling your mark, get set, go, and my friend took off running. And going around lap one, he was wide open. And I'll never forget what the coach said. Slow down. Pace yourself. Slow down. And my friend yelled back, I got it. I'm in the lead. I mean, he was just running wide open. And guess what happened? I think it was around lap two, he ran out of gas. And everybody that he was in ahead of came around the track and they passed him. You know why they passed him? Because he didn't have, y'all working with me, aren't you? Didn't have endurance. I want to ask you a question today. How much endurance are you working with? How much endurance do you have? Dr. Rogers, I just got the semester started. Just let me get, 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 get the semester started before we talk about this. No, I think we need to start, talk about this at the beginning. How much endurance do we have? Because there's two things that are needed to have endurance. You've got to have the, the right diet and the right exercise program. What, what's the diet that I need? You need to have a diet of God's word. You need to be eating and chewing on God's word for this endurance plan. If you want to endure, you got to stay in the book. If you want to endure, if you want to last, you got to stay in the book if you're going to last. And then as you get through eating God's word, you need to put God's word into practice in your life. Say, Lord, help me to put it into practice in my life. Well, I want to endure. You know, at one point, I was doing two miles a day before I got to work. Amen. Then, then I took a break. Then I started back up. I said, I can do two miles. A half a mile later, I said, I gave, I gave up. A amen. <laughs> that half a mile seemed like four miles. Y'all praying with me, aren't you? It's endurance, though. And then I got back into it, and I got back up to a mile. But then I took another break. And guess what had happened? I couldn't hardly make it around the block because I didn't have the stamina or the endurance. When it comes to the Christian, Christian race, you can't take time off. You can't say, well, I'm going to just take a few days here or there. Because every time you take some time off, you run the risk of losing the ground that you've already gained. Brothers and sisters, when you take time off and this endurance, you know what sin does? Sin show up. And you know what I've learned about sin? If you don't handle your sin, your sin will handle you. 
Let me say this for this side over here. This side was awake, but this side was asleep. If you don't handle your sin, your sin will handle you. Yeah. It'll, it'll show up in your endurance. I, I've stayed away from this sin for three years. But all of a sudden, you, you give up some ground. And what you've, what, you've, what you've celebrated for three years, giving it up, all of a sudden shows back up in your life again. Run the race with endurance. Can I just encourage someone in here? Hang in there. If you've taken a break, get back on it as quickly as you can to run this race. Y'all looking at me strange this morning. Y'all okay? Run the race with endurance. Get Get some energy in your race. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Which leads me to my last point in verses two and three. Not only do I need you to have preparation for the race and, 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 and that second thing, that endurance for the race, but I need you to also have this power. So between the preparation, the patience, uh, thirdly, I want you to have the power. Now, Dr. Christman, I said power, this last one here. I know you're going to argue with me. That's probably not the right word, power. But I used two P's on the other one. I had to find a P that'll work for the last one. So give me a break um, on this last one here. Don't, I, don't, I don't really want to hear that on your sermon critique. I know the word is probably something. The pr- word is probably inspiration or something like that. I don't know. I'm going to still say power. <clears throat> Amen. Look into Jesus. Who, who helps me with my endurance the most? Who gives me the power to persevere to endure the most? Nobody but Jesus. The text says here, looking to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher. I love that for some reason. Who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Nobody but Jesus. Who woke you up this morning? It was Jesus. Who started you on your way? It was Jesus. Who gave you the ability to take care of yourself this morning? Nobody but Jesus. Who sustains you? Who, t- who takes care of you? Nobody but Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. He gives us the power for the race. But I love what it says about Jesus here. It, it, it reminds us for the joy that was set before him in the text here. It said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know, look at these Olympians with their, holding their medals up real quick. For the joy that was set before them, they're holding up their medals. It was worth the work. It was all the training and preparation and all of that. It was worth it for the joy that was set before them. I remember when my wife and I were having children. We have two daughters. And I remember when she gave birth to our first daughter, Adriana, um, I, the pain and the process. I just knew my wife was going to say, I'm never going to do this again. But boy, when she looked in Adriana's face, the only thing she could think of was joy and my baby. And um, she held her. I said, are we just going to have one kid or we're going to have another? She said, I'm going to have another baby. Adriana needs a playmate. And sure enough, we had another baby. I thought we were going to have 10, but we, only, we stopped at two. We stopped at two for the joy that was set before us. 
Can you imagine Jesus says, I endured the cross, everything I had to go through for you this morning. He endured. And then it gets better than that. It gets better than that. The text, the text just gets better than that. He said, because in the next phrase, he says, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. So not only is it the not only is it the joy, but secondly, you look at his position. You look at his position in the text. I mean, despising everything that he had to go through, he hangs in there. And then it gets better than that in verse 3. He said, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against him. And whenever I read that, I think of Romans chapter 5, verse 8. For, for he died, he demonstrated his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All the hostility that sinners could bring, but here's our Savior, here's our God. He says, he says for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Lest you also, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. What he reminds us of, if he endured, you can endure too. If, he's, if, if he faced the hostility, you can face the hostility. Wow, what a mighty God we serve. As I look at it, he, he gives us a blueprint here in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 12. Prepare for the race. How do you prepare? You got this great cloud of witnesses around you. How do you prepare? You prepare by laying aside every weight. Get rid of some stuff. How do you prepare? Get rid of that sin that so easily ensnares us, entangles us. How do, what do we do next? We, you have some patience and preparation. You hang on in there. You keep going. You keep moving forward. And then you lean into his power. The, the one that's the author and the finisher of your faith. What a mighty God we serve. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jim Redmond and Derek Redmond, but they've always inspired me from Great Britain. And they inspired me so much. Um, Jim is the father, Derek is the son, and Derek was running um, for Great Britain. And all of a sudden, he had an injury I think he tore his hamstring while he was running around the track. Just a beautiful picture. I wish we could have a moment where we could watch that and watch the father help his son get around the track. Craig Masback back at Olympic Stadium in Barcelona coming up to the men's 400 meter semifinals. Here are the lane assignments. Steve Lewis in lane three. Top four to Wednesday's final. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redman of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redman is out. 
Derek Redmond, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4x400-meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running, which you have to respect. A bizarre finish to this first semifinal in the men's 400 meters. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. throughout Olympic Stadium as Redman, with assistance this time, approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. Sometimes you can prepare. You can do everything right. You can have the patience to endure. You can have the power that you need and something will still trip you up. But thank you that we have a father that'll help us get across the finish line. If we trust and depend on him. And every time I see that video, I'm reminded that I'm never in this alone. I have my big brother Jesus, my elder brother, I have the God the Father, and I have the Holy Spirit that will help me. He's the wing beneath my wings. So today, as you start your spring semester at CIU, if you haven't made some preparations to run the race, start today. Make some preparations. Get, get, get everything in order to run the race. Don't just let the degree be the, the ending point. You got a lifetime of serving the Lord ahead of you. Learn how to have the patience that you need. And let your power come from your from the power source. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for this time in chapel. Even thank you for this video. I know that um, Derek wanted to win the race, but what an illustration for us putting his arm around his father and leaning on him to help complete the race when it got too difficult to finish on his own. Father, we have everything that we need to keep our eyes on you. May we do it well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate that.
We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.